the Miskatonic University Podcast presents Eben Eves, a semi-improvised adventure for Tremulous, the Lovecraft-inspired horror role-playing game based on the Apocalypse World engine. The game and playset are by Sean Preston. So this is a behind-the-scenes postscript with some background discussion players had about the rules and the challenges of a system that is based on improvisation. Our players, again, are Randall as Keeper, Jim as Dr. Franklin Woodward, Max as Travelin' Jason Freely, Eddie Poe as Detective Tommy Stone, Chad as Antiquarian Peter Strand, and Rob as Professor Grant. We begin with a chat that immediately followed our first session, which mostly covered character creation and world building. So, I don't know. I, I don't know if you would like to continue until you solve whatever mystery is happening here. I would like to, yes. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, been, yeah, it's, yeah, it's been really fun. Yeah, it's an interesting system. It, mm-hmm. it kind of takes a little while to get it, it's so different, right? Uh, yeah, and I've never played an apocalypse, uh, a uh, Star World um, system. So, yeah. me neither. So, what I can do is, I guess, hmm, I can send you all the information regarding basic moves and all that, so you can read it. Of course, I cannot share with you the uh, the material, but I can share the part that is for the players, so you can read it and uh, cool. have a better understanding. Okay, May yeah. I ask if you you've got set information? You've got a sort of a, a set scenario as we would think of it in Call of Cthulhu, um, or is it all improvisation? Or what's going on behind the scenes? Both. So I yeah. I I have a guideline with uh, uh-huh. the questions that we you know that we went through at the very beginning. So that gives me kind of a guideline, and from mm-hmm. there it's more improvisation. Yeah. Cool. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, um, of course, as you go along, uh, the decisions that you make and the the things that you find uh, may change what I have in my mind already, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I, I will need to build on that. That's the whole idea behind uh, mm-hmm. the, the setting. That nothing is, is fixed, you know. There are a few things that are fixed, are are there, but on top of that, we can build and build more as long as you go through all the, uh, you know, clues and people that you meet, you meet and all that. Yeah, yeah so we can still have head swapping. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. as long as there's head swap, there's still a chance. <laughs> still a chance. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Do you find this uh, harder or easier or about the same as running a, uh, you know, let's say? Call a Cthulhu scenario where it's all sort of you know plotted out and and all the clues are you know predetermined and that kind of yeah, thing. It's, it's harder because yeah. I you know I, I need to improvise. Yeah, and not as much as I will have you know I, I don't have to improvise that much in Call of Cthulhu for instance where you have a, a guideline of things that are happening. You improvise a little bit, but um, as soon as you start interacting with the rest of the characters in the town, I need to start improvising more. That I need to, you know, they need everything needs to make sense at the end, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, so it's, it's, it's harder, but it's, it, it's more more you know interesting as well because we're yeah, creating yeah. this on the spot as we're that playing. Is, 
that's what I was thinking. It's really actually pretty interesting concept, like bringing the keeper more into the game with the players, you know, at the same time where they're having to improvise it at the same time, but differently with the players, you know, rather than like so before, like a standard module or setting or scenario where you just play through with all your set stuff. And, you know, there's, you know, of course you can always improvise in there, but it's pretty interesting. It sounds, sounds fun to run, run a module or a, or a scenario in this. Yeah, mm -hmm. indeed. The only thing that you need to be careful of is that uh, the next time that you see the round with the same group and you go over the questions, they don't get the same result because they're <laughs> going to get the same base scenario, right? Right. So, you, so that's the only thing that I will see that you need to be careful with. Right, right. Well, uh, kudos to you for tackling something so different and and. Uh, I mean, it terrifies me, but you know, to, to run something so so improvisational, I, you know, it was something I want to be able to do. But uh, yeah, thanks for stepping it's been up. Fun. It's been fun. It. I I I have been wanting to to run Tremulous since I got it and I read it. Mm. So yeah, so it's good that awesome. we got to play it. So we can discuss over email and see when can we play again. Mm -hmm. Yep, cool. sounds good. All right, all right, guys. Thanks again, Randall. Thanks, Randall. I'm glad you all had right. fun. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Yeah. See you later. Right. Take care. Bye. Bye. And now we skip ahead in time a bit to a discussion that followed the conclusion of the scenario in Episode 3. It starts with some choppy audio of the actual ending, where Dr. Franklin Woodward speeds away from Eben Eve's never to return. Then Randall gives us a peek of what it was like to use Tremulous for unfolding this semi-improvised plot. <laughs> the doctor... <laughs> The, the 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 last scene of the, of the scenario is the the camera, the camera is, is, is you know on top, top you can see, you a, can car, see a car uh, full speed <laughs> driving down <laughs> driving away that's the doctor's car excellent <laughs> oh that was grim I am never coming back here again <laughs> just like straight out of town bye bye <laughs> 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 oh, I said I was going to get help? Nah, they're all dead. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. So, let's do the following. Uh, let me know what happened, right? What, why uh, everything like this was, was, was happening. Uh, you know, uh, the scenario happened like this very quickly. I don't know if, you, if someone is in a rush and needs to go now. Maybe, you know, you can hear to the recording. But uh, if you're all staying, let me explain what, how the roles went. So let's see. Um, let me open up the the scenario. Sorry, there it is. So here's what happened, right? Um, when we were rolling for, uh, you know, to describe the scenario. Right, you were making your choices. Mm -hmm. I needed also to make some extra roles to define what kind of hazard was the the scenario. So you ran into Maximilian and Taylor Rain, uh, who the, the twins, right? And when I rolled for what what type of hazard, I got collector. So that's why he was after the sword, right? Um, now the other hazard was some abandoned coal mines 
and I rolled what kind of hazard was that, and I got a breeding pit. Mm. And um, there's something else, it's called Weird, uh, was the mother of uh, Maximilian and Taylor Rain, who you never ran into. Um, now, for the town, uh, the hazards were the, the elders, were Patrick and Esmeralda Parker. When I roll to see what kind of hazard they were, I roll profit. So that's why they were, you know, um, holding Molly as the the mother of the of the you know of, of Christ and, and whatnot. The landscape was Pershing Point. And um, when I roll what kind of uh, landscape was that, uh, I got that it tends to betray people. So I needed to mix all those components and kind of create a scenario based on that, right? So what I did, uh, the, the experiments that uh, what happened, and let me let me tell you what I got on the on the on the keeper side uh, beneath the surface. For instance, the elders of Ebon Eves decided to sell their poor to the government for testing. The poor had nothing to do with this decision. Uh, separate water supply carried various, various chemicals and toxins into their drinking and shower water. A small fraction of them survived, usually the woman. The experiments also accelerated the gestation cycle and increased uh, the fertility. The offspring were often stillborn. Others had weak immune systems and died young though a few escaped to the abandoned coal mines. And since I rolled that it was a breeding pit, that's where you got all those weird creatures and humanoid uh, kind of creatures. Nice, nice. Gotcha. Now, um, Taylor Rain and her twin brother, Maximilian, were the only ones to not only survive, but prosper. They went to law school and covered the truth, and sued the government in a class action lawsuit. Never married, the pair lives in the mansion in the center of town and administering the settlement funds. Uh, their widow, widow mother, Queen's Reign, lives in the boarding house and never speaks to them. You never ran into her. Um, and then I got the collector, so that's when I came up with the sword, with the sword. Um, angle of the scenario. Um, now, the, the hidden truth is that Sue and her husband lost their child to the whooping cough. Grief makes people do strange things. They made a deal with all Skeeters, who is some sort of magician or, or you know, um, an old man practices witchcraft, to bring her back. The crazy old white man taught in the ritual that requires blood sacrifice. Sue performed it on the Persian point, an ancient, an ancient stone monolith dating from long before the town's founding. She wept as she ate her husband's heart on the way to the graveyard. It drove her completely mad, and she killed those trying to restrain her. Um, another man found the child alive when he went to replace her in the grave. He gave the child to the Parker family, who couldn't have any kids of their own. They have all kept the secret, but Molly 
now for Tim, is strangely disturbed, with the gown hollow look to her eyes. So when I got the, you know, that Patrick and Emerald, em, Esmeralda Parker were the prophet, I got this thing about the church. And, uh, you know, since the landscape for Persian Point was to betray people, um, I managed that that was the sacrificing point where they continue to do these kind of strange rituals. What was and the, that's it. Was the worm, uh, what was the worm situation? The worms, just she, just, just she being evil. So here's the thing. I, I didn't know how to connect the, uh, the Molly Parker, you know, to, in the, in the scenario. So I kind of came up, came up with, uh, something, uh, you will run into her and she was going to do something that was going to shock you. Right. So she will call your attention. Uh, so I felt like, you know, it was something that she did just because. Yeah. That was, that was improvised. Like detail. That detail about exactly. the worms was very nicely Perfect. done. That was super creepy. I like that one. Yeah. 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 Well, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it makes great sense. job I mean, putting I mean, the pieces it. together. Yeah. That's the hardest great. hardest part, I think. And now, of course, you you made things way easier, right? Going up to the virgin point during the night, the day before the mass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> have, have you taken a, a completely different way? You know, maybe we will have extended the the scenario, maybe even a couple of sessions more. You know, going around asking for the rains, finding uh, their mother, and finding more details about uh, Molly, and maybe uh, finding out that there were no register of her. Or, you know, her birth under the Parkers, something like that. So you can start to to kind of uh, that's my my those were my first uh, talks when 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 we after the first session, right? After mm -hmm. the second session, since you decided to go to the to the perching point, then you know I decided to okay, let's let's have the ritual there, and let's have the the people or the creatures from the uh, breeding breeding pit come out to participate in the ritual. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know so about you choosing, guys, but... I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so choosing to find that hidden door <laughs> was a bad <laughs> idea. <laughs> oh, yeah. Super bad. <laughs> I love this, the choices in the game. It's just, it's, ah, it's really, it's fun. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's com so completely different style of play right yeah yeah um and, and you know the the thing is that since i don't still don't manage the um the system by heart uh you know it's slower but usually um you know those kind of decisions just get merged and the the game is more smooth yeah yeah, as a player, I can tell it takes a certain mastery of the system just to to know what its limits and our and its strengths are. Yeah, mm -hmm. to know when to push. And, uh, what did you guys think, uh, players? I kind of like it. I mean, it's yeah. an interesting system. It, it reminds me a lot of Dungeon World. 
It's got a very, very, very similar mechanic. They're they're on the same uh, chassis, right? Yeah, I think the Apocalypse engine, something yeah. like that. But it works pretty well. I I was kind of skeptical of it starting out. Skeptical about it its strengths as an investigation. System. Yeah, as as far as horror and things like that, because I've used it for I've used Dungeon World a few times, and it's it's good, but it takes it it takes I think more experienced players. Yeah, um, there's, there's a lot of things that could be abused just as written. Oh yeah, yeah. Like if it convince if you keep convincing another um, player. If they do something they want to do, you can convince them and basically just get, kind of get work your lore up over and over again. Okay. If they do what you convince them, they get a point of lore. I see. We didn't really go over lore very much. There's a whole separate kind of mechanic involved there. Yeah. Yeah, we never yeah. really used it. Yeah. It definitely, even, I mean, I think this game too. I mean, I think more advanced players will have a better time with it. I don't necessarily think it would preclude, you know, uh, less advanced gamers. But, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's pretty, pretty well done. I, but, uh, yeah, I didn't notice that, though. Yeah, it seems just as written like that. That, that, would be, that you could be, some of it could be taken advantage of. But then again, that's up to the GM to, you know, rein that in. Yeah. Yeah, I I would kind of agree with um, with Rob. I think I think um, you know novice players would have kind of a hard time with this system, you know, because there it's going to be more difficult for someone who is not you know well versed in in just role playing in general to kind of understand. Okay, now is the time. You know, okay, now I want to puzzle something out because I want to be able to ask one of these questions or. You know, now is the time I want to poke around, and it, it I can see where it would be difficult for a novice for novice players to kind of understand. You know, these are the times when I want to say that I want to do these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, even even for me coming into it, this is the second uh, Apocalypse World thing I've done, and uh, I I still don't ne- really have it in my bones. Um. Where where the story is, I'm still really thinking about it. I guess spending effort thinking about okay now, what can I do in this moment? <laughs> I really I really do like it though, and I like the improvisational capabilities there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like I like I really, puts a lot of that control on the, within the players. Mm-hmm. It's not just the GM doing it all. Yeah, and then I really like the from well from reading some some of the book uh it I, I i really like from a gm standpoint it looks like a really really fun system to to run pretty pretty easy mechanically um like once there's a lot of me- like mechanics but once you get it down it seems like you could whip up a game pretty quick that's what you, i've you heard know, with the Buckles world is it takes very little prep you can just kind of show up and run a game um, yeah. yeah, but be, I, I'm gonna give you an example. Uh, one of two examples actually. Um, you found the the trap door 
the heel that that was something that I wasn't planned, but I needed to give you something, right? Mm-hmm. You you needed to find a hidden place, or so I give you the trapdoor, right? And you see how that changed the whole scenario completely. The the, the end of the scenario. Uh, right. Mr. Strand going there into the caves, and actually, what I figure out is that it was a connection of the of Birching Point and the coal mines. You know, tunnels going underneath towards the coal mines. But that was something that I hadn't I haven't planned for the scenario. That's something that you came up with, right? I just started using it against you. Uh, awesome. Then uh, the small item that you found. Uh, was gonna give you a clue. I tried to, you know, that um, the picture of the woman. The that, pendant. Um, uh, yeah, the idea behind that is that uh, maybe someone had been dragged and lost it there, you know, out of the out of the um, uh, trapdoor, which just what happened. You know, that's they were hiding this poor man and they pulling out towards the pushing point to sacrifice him. Yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely yeah. the system in general though does give a really good chance for a good GM to show off. I mean there's so much improv on the GM side too. Yeah. Yeah, it it, it terrifies me. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Scary. <laughs> seems like a fun challenge, you know, for a good, you know, good advanced gaming group. Like, give everyone a try. Say, everyone, you know, everyone run a scenario in this. Like, that would be really awesome. Yeah, I would not be yeah. recording mine. No. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. Me neither. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was uh, was hesitant. Uh, what what can I give you here, right? You needed to find a small item. That's, you know, something that you you need to provide, but at the same time you need to use it on the scenario that you're gonna build after that, right? If you hadn't find the 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 hidden the trapdoor, uh, that that's fine. There wasn't a trapdoor there, and you could have run down the hill, for instance. That's right. So it changes the scenario on the spot, and that's provided by the players' choices of trying to find things, you know, poke poke around or not, as you were going up. So I believe it's an interesting system, and but it it does require that um, you know improvisation a lot, and and you know. In certain experience as a keeper, right? Uh, so, like, a, like a very, um, you know, a, a young keeper won't be able to kind of get all the the, the small pieces together to to push the story forward. It's challenging, right? And um, I, I tried to I tried to do it, right? Sometimes I, I was just trying to patch it, <laughs> right? Um, but uh, I think it worked out at the end, but you helped me to, to kind of build the, the, the options there of the scenario. So that's interesting. Yeah, it ends up being a pretty cohesive and grim story. I mean, it all, it all worked out. 
I think it was really fun. I think it did a great job, Randall. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah thank you. To you for, and, and kudos thank to you. you for recording a game you haven't played before and just going with it. That's, uh, <laughs> well, that, well, that was part of the experiment, right? Because, as I said, I just read it twice. So there were a few things that I needed to go to the book, search for the rules, and that kind of slows the game down. But uh, that was the the one one of the reasons why we started playing it, right? Because we wanted to test it and find out how the system is. Yeah. Right. Somebody's gonna be I, I knew brave that enough. it wasn't going to be like a normal session of our games. <laughs> right. All right. I, I hope you. I hope you liked it. Oh yeah. I had, had fun. You know, yeah, it was good yeah. when we were playing it. So. Here. Thanks very much. All right, guys. All right. Uh, yeah. Right. So. Cool. Yeah, we we can talk. Uh, you know, via email because uh, Max wanted to run another another uh, run of Tremulous. So we we can arrange another session. You know, I was I was asking Jim maybe we can get it in between our uh, biweekly games. Yeah. After. Uh... Um, After Delta, Delta Green, Green and before the next Actoon. Right. <laughs> oh. You can feed Tremulous there. We play bi-weekly on Wednesdays night. Uh, we can talk over email if you guys want to play and see if you can if you want to join us. Oh, Ed cool. and, and chat. Cool. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Thank cool. you for your patience. Oh, thanks for the game. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you. you. All right, yeah. guys. Thank you, Randall, everyone else. Yeah, it was super fun. All right, yeah. guys. Take Even it. though we all died horribly, except for the doctor. Ha <laughs> 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 ha. The doctor always first. gets the way. <laughs> As it should be. As it should be. All right. <laughs> to, to save more people. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what will happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right guys have a good night all then right. <laughs> take it easy right. guys. Right. see you later bye, bye.